Vayner Nation, what's good? Uh, really excited to do uh, another live episode. I know you guys get uh, a whole bunch of content from speeches and, and kind of recordings, but in studio back in the office in New York with one of my favorite families on earth. Uh, the Milios are here, all four of them. That always makes it the most fun. Uh, I actually, somebody cut up uh, for TikTok our first meeting and it showed up in my stream and it just made me smile so hard. I saw it a couple days ago and made me think about how much this family has uh, been through from a huge rise to awareness, all sorts of things. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that of what they're up to now, but you know, I'll just say it because I believe in it and I know they know how I feel about them, but I'll say it publicly. I am fascinated by something I believe more than anything, which is I truly believe that money and fame does not change people. I believe that it exposes people. I think what you are gets supersized in those environments. And from the day we met in this office, not in this room, but a couple steps over to this exact second, my most favorite part besides the fact that the world got to know them is that what I sensed that day when we hung out has become absolutely true, which was I left saying, oh shit, I actually think they'll be okay, which was so foreign because the last three or four years when I met people in that pre-dawn of what I thought would be the moment where they would get really famous and known, I would always be concerned, especially when people were so young, that the parents would get caught up in the hoopla. And, there, and that naturally happens because everyone gets dragged in, but when a family is like built on actual love and caring for each other, even through the toughest times where you can get caught up in the subconscious of what's happening in the macro, it's still gonna be okay. And uh, that's my favorite part about you four. I always <laughs> know you guys are gonna be okay with each other, which really kind of like makes me just cheer for, my favorite part actually is I think it's a blueprint that I hope other families that are gonna go through their moments, you know, TikTok's just the latest for me of the last 15 years. There's gonna be the next platform. It's gonna happen. It might be three years, six years, and there's going to be a Charlie on that platform. And, and I think it'll be cool that that family that's affected by that opportunity has you to look at as a framework. So it's really nice to see you four. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> What's cooking? I guess our latest thing that we've announced has been my mom and I competing against each other on season 31 of Dancing with the Stars. Which is massive. Disney Plus, so that is very fun. Um, and is that, when does that start to air? September 19th. So soon. Yeah. Very. And Disney Plus, like, is that not an ABC anymore? Or it's ABC and Disney Plus, or how does it work now? So they're moving for the first time. I and love that. Be streaming on Disney. Plus. I mean, I personally love that because in Adland, which is where we're at here at VaynerMedia, I've been waiting for the death of TV commercials. <laughs> and, and I always thought it was gonna be social, which I was wrong. It ended up being streaming and just hearing even that, which I was unaware of until this second, like continues to reinforce where I know this is all going. Very cool, so that's cool. So let's just get right into it because I think competition is the coolest thing on earth. <laughs> Are, do you think you guys will get chippy about this? Like will there be emotions? When one of you gets eliminated, will the other person be happy? Or like where are we at? I mean obviously you should be the heavy favorite given that's like your identity. Like you're actually epic dancer. Mom, I have no clue where you sit in this world. I don't know if she took your DNA or what. I was a competition dancer when I was. Okay, so this is gonna actually be interesting. But I haven't done it in over like yeah, but it's 30 like, years. But it's like riding a bike, right? 
forever ago. Yeah, it's oh a long God. time ago. I hope it's like riding a bike. I think. Would you be devastated if your mom beat you? No. You'd be happy for her? I would definitely be happy for her. I am aware of the competition aspect and I've watched the show so I know what, sometimes you might get your best style and I might get my worst and that's just how the week rolls out and I get out and then I get to still go and watch her. So it's kind of a win-win for me because at least I'll still, one of us is going to get out first and whoever that is, We'll really, see. I think it's more of a win-win for you. Oh, for sure. Because she's the heavy she favorite. Wins, like, but it, for, forget, forget about, about being a mom. That. No, 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 forget about that. Like, you can't. You know, well, forget. I know that. No, but it's a weird thing. It's like obviously, no, no, I, I want to win. Talk about competition, not or, like humanity. No, I'm I want to win. I do. I want to win. But like, the best win is if she wins. Like, that's, that's a bullshit. win-win for me. No, I don't it's not. I, I think she's lying. Like it's a PR answer. No, you're so mean. Okay, when you become a mom, it's true. Listen, I get it. Like, like my son gets a base hit in baseball and I think I like won the Nobel Peace exactly. Prize. I, I do fully understand exactly. the parent thing now, comma, if I was playing baseball against my son, I'd want to strike his little ass out. They're super competitive. It's going to get. But you're different. Like he would be more like that. Like I don't care. I will take. I will take out. Me? Game. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm saying like, if worst. you were going against one of us, it would. If it's like, I'm gonna win, or her, I feel like, oh, it doesn't matter who wins. No, it matters. We're also both going to put all of our effort into it and try our best to win. So it's not like she's going to hold herself back from oh, me, right. or am I going to No, win that I believe. I asked Charlie if she, if they both were going into the final, if if she would pull back a little bit. She said, you you know me, right? Yeah. Absolutely not. So they're gonna go full force. Yeah, we're both going. Who else, and if we who, both lose, that's so embarrassing. Who else? Well, a double elimination. About, do, do they, they, I assume they announced everybody. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Got it, okay. I'm excited to see that. That's awesome. What else is going on? You guys have like literally 700,000 things going on at once, which is my favorite zone to be in. So I understand why it's fun and interesting. Like. What else has been brewing? You know, a lot of people in this audience that are listening have followed the journey of our relationship, so they've seen the steps. You know, but a lot of people are busy. It's been the summer, so people are kind of in their family zones. What's been going on in this empire the last six months? Well, we start season two of our show, the Demilio Show, comes out uh, September twenty eighth, and that I'm really happy about it. I think it's going to show. The first season was in the midst of COVID and it, it, it was kind of showing us our first few months out in, in LA. I consume so little content like uh, <laughs> that is like long form. So meaning like all I do for a living is really, hence how we know each other, like watch everything that's going on in social to figure out what I need to do as a strategist in business. But obviously because of my deep love for you guys, I got to watch like, Several episodes, I'm trying to think. I think I watched at least three or four, which is unheard of, like that's about. <laughs> Besides Never Have I Ever on Netflix, you know, is like, like I really have consumed so little content. And what I took away from season one is that I love Noah. <laughs> Everyone does. Yeah. No, He's but yes, that was like, there was knowing obviously what was going on in actual real life and then watching those first three or four episodes, being able to kind of contextualize the timing of when you were filming. <laughs> It was an interesting time of like transition for you guys in a lot of ways when the filming was actually probably very good for like 
television purposes because there was a lot of real changes and feelings going on in your family's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually, am curious how season two, it, 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 it probably will have a pretty different tone. Yeah. yeah, it's, you go. No, you go. I mean, I feel like season two is more like, okay, we're in this, we're doing this, there's no going back kind of. Thing. Whereas and with like, season one, you're like, how it, like, there's that subconscious of like, what's this gonna be what's, like? Yeah. yeah. Could we pull out? Could we just go back to of course. everything before and now? Of course. It's a lot more. I mean, interesting for me to kind of see all the concepts of what we've actually done in the past year or so. Um, but I think it's just you see so much and you get to see so much more in a very happier in a much happier kind of environment where we're, you see us really work together because this is the time where it can die out, you know? Like this isn't going to last forever. So you really get to see us have fun with our work and go into a little bit deeper dive. Well, you know what's funny about you guys? Like, and obviously like I, I know a little bit more under the hood, but it's like, listen, you guys are busy, I'm busy. It's not like I know everything. I think the reason I've always felt that it wouldn't die out was it was similar to me. When I first kind of hit the scene on Twitter in 2006, seven, I have such a ridiculous over the top energy personality that everyone's take was, oh, this is gonna be like a six month thing. Mm-hmm. Like to my face, let alone behind <laughs> my back. It was, and I remember thinking, you know, obviously having confidence, but it wasn't even about that. It was, oh, they don't understand that I'm a businessman and that like I'm not here for like the like party. Mm-hmm. I'm like here for the thing. And you know, obviously all four of you are different. You're all in different places in your lives. But the thing that I always knew, and then obviously as you guys know, I knew Greg from a million years ago with the Lonely Girl. Like when we, nobody on earth knew what YouTube was. Me and him did. So I was like, oh, look at that move. And so like for me, it's funny. Even when you said it now, it's why I jumped in. It's like you, you four will do it as long as you enjoy the behind the scenes part, not the part of like instant fame, not instant fame, like yours is predicated on the behind the scenes work and you'll decide when you're not interested in that or interested in that all separately. You got, you guys are so young, you may do something else. You'll always want to do it. You'll like, you know, like it's kind of like, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like we all are mostly interested in the business. Well, I like, see that. This is kind of what, like we all enjoy it and every time we're in those meetings it's the most fun My- and we still do like the content stuff but that kind of literally back to like the meta of this conversation and yeah. back to me catching some episodes the single favorite thing from all everything i saw was the meeting that greg was trying to have <laughs> in the like movie theater room about like your schedule charlie and like just like like i, I liked it because i'm like that's a meeting <laughs> that's like my life it's a meeting and you're like fuck do i have a minute to do this or why do we have to go to that or you know and so like i get that mm-hmm. i sense that how's the music stuff going good i did a tour this summer um, and then I kind of took a little bit of a break and what's not- been the what's been the hardest part and what's been the most enjoyable part? N- you know, I know you knew like going into this genre was gonna come with all sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. Music's like a rough one. <laughs> you know, like what ended up being way harder than even your very thoughtful, like this is gonna fucking suck, fuck it sucked more. And then on the flip side, what did you think you were gonna like and it's even like better than you thought? Um, writing is definitely, for me, like this is a totally personal thing. 
writing and getting my emotions into songs was very difficult for me because I was so, no one cares. No I one see. cares about what I'm feeling or I'm sad this day. And that's a, I don't want to say regret, but I do regret not putting that into my album. And like my dad was like, you should do that. You have a story to tell. You're not doing that. And I'm like, no, it's fine. And then I ended up doing like a bunch of like, breakup right. songs or right. just random filler songs that are really cool and fun for the kids, but it's not me. So now I'm looking back and like, oh, I should have done that and for, for moving on. Like that's, that's what, what I'm, I'm going to do. do. Yep. But performing is the best part of all of it. Like oh. crazy, the amount of adrenaline and like, sure. Love it. Good for you. I had a great time doing that, but no, I definitely know for the future. I just, people want to hear that. Like as much as you think no one cares, there are someone who like wants to hear that. People have shared experiences, mm -hmm. just the way it is. Pops, yeah. what's going on with you? We're having fun, man. You know, we, we just, you're we talking about, I was, you know, I was in the, yep. I'm in the clothing business and we decided we just launched a brand company. So we took uh, investment, we got some great investors and we started a company called D'Amelio Brands. We announced it yesterday and it's going to be things that we, incubate and own 100% with our investors. Um, Michael Rubin's an investor with us and we have a, a great group of people. Um, and we've opened an office in, in Hollywood and we're starting first launches. We're bringing our merch over to this. So we'll have a nice revenue stream uh, into the company. And our second is launching a women's footwear company. So, women's footwear. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I wrote Crush It, I kind of talked about the concept of like, you can make money being on the internet and like if you go read the first 50 reviews on Amazon, people are like, you're gonna laugh at this one. Literally one of the comments is like, yeah, 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 you're gonna make 100,000 a year on YouTube. <laughs> like that's how crazy it was in 2008. But you know, obviously, and one of the biggest reasons I started Vayner was the concept of CPGs, consumer packaged goods. I've already started one and sold one with Empathy Wines. You know, when I saw that coming down the pike, that's, if we're talking like, if, you know, this is a business podcast and as it touches on other things, but like, that's the big one. That's the elephant in the room. Like if you nail one, mm -hmm. the toothpaste, the shampoo, the deodorant, the footwear, like one, one item in that category, that's the empire building. Yeah. And we want to be really thoughtful about the products and the categories. And what we've learned is you know, Charlie moved the needle for Invisalign. The CEO yep. came out and said yep. one quarter in 2000, their market cap went up 25%. And then Dunkin' Donuts sold out I remember. cold brew. So we, we can move the, move the needle, but we don't want to get into just doing this and this and this. And we want to have thoughtful products. I actually think you're also sense. in a better spot now than even, because Charlie not being in the singular, most white hot moment of her career is actually a good thing. Like I'm sure that it's harder for Charlie knowing how social plays and like how the world works to sell as much Duncan in a day as that perfect moment where she's at, but in a year she can sell more. It's like a very interesting curve that people don't understand, right? It's like, and I actually think that that is a huge benefit for how you're gonna build, because what it does is it doesn't trick you into the ease of it. Like it's kind of how I'm thinking about vFriends. Right. I like that crypto's ice cold right now because the depth gets to show up versus people buying, people were buying porcupines with cigarettes up its ass <laughs> for $400,000. That wasn't sustainable. And like, 
from from Madonna to you know LeBron to every, everybody has different peaks and valleys of their mass popularity, and I think it's actually healthy that you're in this zone, the mature what I'd call a mature zone, to like do it for your own stuff. Yeah, and we don't. And what's great about it is we can do it. We have the show, and and they have all. They're still doing endorsement deals. So this is something we can incubate, take our time. When I first started my first clothing brand. I, Heidi was pregnant and it was all about making the money and we kind of didn't have yeah, some of, of the decisions I made were, were you had to feed dicks. in a position of you know? in a position <laughs> yeah. of fear. Of course. We're in a position now where we just wanted to do the do the right thing and create cool brands. Yeah, the luxury like. of patience. Yeah. hundred thousand percent. Charlie, what's going on with you and content? Obviously so much of this started with you making content. What's your couple things? What's your observation? of like the social media landscape from a content standpoint, not like political this or that, just like just like what you're seeing, what you're interested in. And then number two, on a personal level, like you the human, where are you in your interest to make content and where and how and what? So for me, I would say at a time where I could have really, you know, I could have done everything and posted 24 seven and, I instead took a step back and stopped posting as much. And I think I think that that was a good thing because now I am getting back into it and I'm not feeling burnt out and I'm feeling excited to make content again. And even though that might've hurt me then, this is going to help me in the long run because I'll be able to make content for longer and do the dances and do all the fun stuff and make videos with my friends. But it took that little bit for me to then be able to do this for years and years and years and obviously watching still always watching what's going on on each platform and what's working well and what's not i do obviously pay attention to that because that's important but also listening to the people that are watching and seeing what they enjoy seeing from me and what types of content they like they obviously still love the dances and when i do them that's super fun i don't do them as much mm -hmm. but getting back into it a little bit more now and I think social media, especially TikTok as a platform, has changed a lot in what you see. It's a little bit more people's videos blowing up one and then it kind of dying out a little bit instead of people that are on your For You page 24-7. Obviously, I'm very lucky to have a strong fan base that will watch all of my videos and comment on them. And I'm very lucky for that, but that doesn't happen for anyone. So I haven't seen too many people get that kind of blow up. Everyone's yeah. watching them for longer than like a week or two. I think the only people right now are these group of, these triplets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they are on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And so their videos are, people are watching their YouTube and then on TikTok, but those are the only people that I think have blown up recently. Well, what about this adorable corn kid? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like to your point, what, what you're actually breaking video. for everyone who's listening, what you're speaking to is, and this is why my career has been yelling at the top of my lungs when there's the moment to land grab mm -hmm. attention. You were part of an era and some of your friends no different than the Vine crew from four years earlier who are still relevant, Logan, Batch, many others. Mm -hmm. um, you could have sustained crazy growth. You were in that era where it wasn't, so your one viral, your one video went viral, but then it was like build, 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 build. Now, 
every person on earth is producing for the platform multiple times a day and it's supply and demand. Even though there's so much more attention on TikTok than it was when you started, the amount of content has outpaced that attention. And the rise of micro-influencers as well, going it, side by side. Of course, it, it, it's supply. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's four million people producing for TikTok at the time when you're doing it, and now there's 400 million, that's going to lead to more micro because everyone's getting 25,000 views instead of fewer people getting four million views. It's just the same old game and that makes a lot of sense. What I really liked, you t- like one, one thing that people forget about in my career is I made content every day, five days a week doing the wine show for five years, Monday through Friday. And then when I got serious about VaynerMedia, I barely made content from 2011 to 2014 because I was fully operating. And I remember when I started back up and did the Ask Gary Vee show, how pumped I was to do it mm-hmm. and how much I dragged the last 100 episodes of Wine Library TV. Uh, obviously a bigger window in a different format, but I can really relate slash, it's a good piece of advice for a lot of people listening right now. You know, maybe you aren't blowing up to the same level that Charlie did, but if you're feeling stale or tired, yes, I believe that you should take advantage of the opportunity of making content, but if you're not looking forward to it, you need to either take a break or change up what you're making. Mm-hmm. To that point, because I think this will help a lot of people, Has it been fun to watch your audience mature with you? Absolutely. I think turning into an adult in front of all of these people. While they're turning into adults. Yeah, it was very weird for a lot of my fans at the beginning when I started you know, I got my first tattoo or did whatever. That was that was so foreign to them because I had been so, you know, sure. picture perfect in a But you were never like box. family friendly. Yeah. And that's, I think we all, no, no. But like in a good way, we were like always cursed or did maybe yeah. Yeah. different dance moves I or think, something. So it wasn't like a surprise. I it wasn't like I was more. I was surprised when I your nails started being like 17. <laughs> I know. Um, but. I think I was more worried about what they were going to say, but I also have to understand when I was 15, they were, they could have been 15. Now they're 18 with me, you know? So they're doing the same thing. Of course. Obviously. And even by the way, the the 11 and 12 and 13 year olds when you were 15 are now 15, 16, 17, you know, like, yeah. Uh So it definitely helps that they're growing up with me because it helps me understand them as much as it helps them understand. Let's make some content that's going to help the next crew on the next platform that they can look to. For you two, and from mom and dad, because I know you're observing this because you love your children more than anything, the 30 of you, this 80 of you, you two represent a crew of about 150 or so that were part of that era, Addison, Noah, like like Mm -hmm. that crew. I've always been fascinated by that, I've always watched that. Even from like fucking MySpace of like Dane Cook and Tila Tequila talking about shit five years after they blew up on MySpace, there's these crews. I had it with like tech nerds on Twitter because that was so <laughs> tech nerdy. Just like all these years later, we still have friendships, they've evolved. A lot of our band got back together again with Web3 mm-hmm. after not talking for a while. Give a little insight to the evolution of like the relationships, the crew, like who burns out and moves back home from LA. Like like just some of the subtleties that may help for somebody in seven years when they listen to this because they're part of that 150 person group on the new platform puzzle that has taken over the world. Like what are some of the dynamics, the watch outs, the interesting stuff? I mean, it's sure it's like cliche high school stuff of like who you trust and all that, but are there any like unique insights or anything that you find fascinating or like, 
a scenario or like a for instance that you find is cool of like these two people decided to do this or anything like that? I think what's really surprising is how many people took advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. Like in a good way. Yeah. yeah. Like no one, everyone moved to LA. Like at the same time, there was probably 200 kids who all came to LA at the same time, which I, I mean, I watched Viners and YouTubers yep. and they would stay home for years building yep. this, but because it was so fast, everyone just got there and... And you all had the benefit of seeing, like Logan's career through Vine gave you a preview of what could be, which led parents, mm -hmm. the, the parents of a generation earlier is like, you're not going to fucking LA, <laughs> this is Vine. Whereas for your parents, there was at least proxies of being like, well, this is something we have to debate because it may be a real thing. No different than like going to college to play professional sports you to get a to the lot league. To. <laughs> yeah. to Gary said it's cool. Gary said we can make money from it. hundred percent. I think the reason that so many people that were, you know, at the same time as us doing the same things, we were all making videos together. It was it was very much this whole big group of people. Of course. And a lot of those people also have since done things in very positive ways to kind of put themselves out there in a lot of, on different platforms, doing podcasts, mm -hmm. making brands, making movies. products, yep. movies, acting, Same. singing, all of that stuff. I think <laughs> we have a real, we came up with a really good group of people that all do you think you also do, do you it. think you guys also did a good job curating the people you stayed close with? Absolutely. I think it's obviously now better than when I was 15, of but of course. Um I don't know. I, I'm friends with everyone. Yeah. Like we I if I see someone even I, if I don't talk to them well, I'm I think, still friends. Yeah, I think there's a difference Friendly, but like uh, listen, yeah. I'm the same exact like the thought of like disliking someone is so foreign <laughs> to me, yeah. but to the point of like there's a difference between an acquaintance yeah. A half acquaintance, half lightweight friend, a lightweight friend, a core friend, a best friend, mm -hmm. right? I think for me, I have a lot of people that I like, a lot of people that I care about, a lot of people that I consider friends, maybe text more than I see. Sure. But I really only hang out with like three people. I get but it. I think our, if we were like wanted to do this and did more business moves with the other creators, mm -hmm. it would have been amazing. Yeah. I like, totally get it. We should have been doing more YouTube videos together, more collabs and stuff like that. What about to really help a lot of people here, the parents' ecosystem? What did you, what's your observation several years in now of maybe the watch out? For the parent that's listening right now that in four years their kid goes from zero to four million on Puzzle in a week. <laughs> By the way, I really hope Puzzle happens. Um, <laughs> what, what did you see was the cliche misstep? That isn't the obvious one of like, they just cared about the money and they didn't care about their kid. Like, was there any subtleties or an insight or something that was like an interesting observation along the way? I have one. Please. Just as yeah. a daughter. Go ahead. You have to allow your parents to still be your parents. And instead of being a friend or a buddy who will... Do you feel like some of your friends, because they were making so much money, it changed the relationship Absolutely. and they were shitting on their parents and not allowing them that breathing room? Yeah, I Makes think sense. you still need to be able to go to your parents and talk about normal things. And I get was... in trouble. Yeah, get in trouble, yeah. have to clean your room, do all those things. Um, <laughs> ask for your parents to drive you everywhere. Like, you still have to have that relationship with them. Like, that's why I would never want them, even though I think, I think you could be an amazing manager. 
he would never do it. I would never want him to Of course, do it. it changes the dynamic. But I will still go to him and of ask course, for advice because he cares about me more than anyone. I get it. I think our biggest thing was, I am old enough to have heard all the horror stories of dads and moms getting involved. And yeah. I think what I would say like those 80s sitcom things, like, right? Right? Like Gary, like yeah. Gary Coleman yeah. and like Webster and like all that. Yeah. And as good as I was as as far as in the apparel industry, it didn't some things translate to Hollywood. And Most I knew, things don't. and I knew starting my own clothing brand, I used to constantly try to do things on my own and I would waste time. And we early on just put experts with us. We hired a business yeah. manager, top attorney in, in LA, yeah. and then Greg, yeah. obviously getting Greg to come over from UTA to be president of our company. So I would tell parents, no matter how smart how you many think degrees you, are. you have and how smart you are, lean on an expert. And I would say get involved. Really don't don't look at it like, oh, that's just something the kids are doing. Like get involved as much as your kids will let you get involved. I yeah. I mean, I kind of just to piggyback what Charlie said, I think when you're you know, as a parent and your kid starts making more money than you, it it sort of puts the relationship off balance. Yep. And um, I mean, we also have always said like, I love them more than anything. I'm not your friend, I'm your parent. Yeah. And we never, we never switched up on that. Like You would I'm, like smack dicks in the face if she <laughs> was like, <laughs> Well, not that, but you know, they knew. I don't know, like, I think we need to have a real debate in society. <laughs> I think spanking going away might have changed. Honestly the though. I'm not the, joking. The best way. part about having your parents be your parents when they're when you're on social media is they only thing they couldn't do is take, take my phone, phone which is <laughs> fair what, what uh what else before we get out of here what did we not touch on anything out like anything worth speaking on um i would say for me the other thing that's been a very big part of my life that I've worked on for a really long time and is doing very well as I came out with my own fragrance yep and that was my first brand completely on my own yep and that took a very long time and a lot of work. And while I wasn't posting and making content, that was something that I was working on a lot. Are we gonna see that in season two? Uh, a little yes, bit or not? That's cool. a lot. You Good. get to see pretty much the whole journey. Is it out yet? Yes. And w how'd you do it? Like, where do you sell it through? It's sold in Ulta Beauty. Yep, exclusively for right now? Um, Ulta Beauty and Morphe stores. Yep. We're looking for international next. Okay. That's something that I'm working. Did you do a lot of in-store appearances or no? Um, Not as much in-store appearances as- Did you do any? Yes. And was um, it crazy? There wasn't people there. We didn't tell them because we were filming it uh, just for my own content. Um, but I definitely do but give you it went out. To and, yeah, I went to France. I got to go to the labs there. Um, I got to go to the office in New York and really be through the whole process and be there and be a vocal and they listened to me and that was really awesome. Um, and then I did a little influencer event, smaller, just with really my friends and family for the fragrance launch. And that was really fun, but it's doing very well. I'm very proud of it. That's something that I put a lot of time Are you excited about the whole brand? With Absolutely. that experience now that you're gonna have your own ecosystem, or like if I said like, what's one product before this is said and done that you think you'll wanna make in this ecosystem, what would it be? I think a candle with the same scent. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's my next thing. I actually want to ask all I of you think. that. If, if now you've got this thing, you'll be thinking about the consumer products, obviously the women's footwear brand, but like thinking out, give us something fun just for our own. Like, what do you think is a weird product? A weird one, not the obvious one that you think you like, like might want to do. Well, for me, I have like this thing of like, 
And there's a lot in my life of like the perfect white t-shirt, hmm. the perfect sock that doesn't slip down. Like, so like simplicity I function? I want like a whole thing yep. of like things that I'm searching for in my life. Yep. Selfishly, but yeah. I know other people have to be feeling the same. I like that. <laughs> dog products. Too. Dog, yeah, we're, dog we're stuff. Big it's dog a dog big stuff. market. Gary, I'll say yeah. one thing, which I know you're, you're a dad. And through this whole experience and why we're doing the brands thing, and I'll to say it to all the parents out there, there's been so many times I've said something to my kids and they've either rolled their eyes sure. or they've been like, whatever, whatever. But to see both Charlie and Dixie in business meetings and then knowing they got something from me or Heidi. So I, I would say to parents, don't stop being yeah. parents. And it, they are listening. listening whether they realize it or not. <laughs> Especially when your shit ends up being true. Yeah. yeah. Like I yeah. see it at my, in my, forget about kids, in my company, like, they constantly roll like their eyes. At this, <laughs> after, this company, after all the things I was right about, laughed at me for TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, they're they're always listening. And I think to your point, this is where parents have to be very careful. When you just say shit that you're not fully confident in, and you're listening to other parents, for parents, you're listening to your parents, not yourself, and not looking at your kid. If if you're if you're gonna say something and then it ends up being wrong. Like, for all the parents over the last 15 years that told their kids, get off social media, you'll never make money on that, and then all these people did, you're gonna have a problem for them to listen to you more in the future. It's when you tell your kids tried and true things around humanity and like how people deal with each other that then end up being true, that starts to build credibility and makes them listen to you more the next time. Yeah, I'm I, like, I'm stupid not to listen to him. I get it. But I think even flipping it, like having my parents trust me to be able to talk in business meetings and really have my own career that I have a voice in, I think was something that made me respect what they had to say so much more because they trusted me and they respected what I had to say. I would argue that what you just said is the single thing that I spend the most time thinking about how to make content around because the counter to what you just said is when parents pay for their kid's life, which directly tells that child that that parent doesn't believe the kid can stand on their own two feet. Too many parents, and you guys grew up in neighborhoods around the tri-state area that you're gonna know exactly what I'm about to say because you saw it with kids above your own kids while you were watching as you were raising them just like I did and most parents that care about their kids. Parents' fear for kids to be in situations that are challenging has destroyed the kid. <laughs> like, yep. like yep. if you, like, when, when you were just talking, Charlie, I got so happy because it's the, opposite of what I'm scared about every day, which is parents continue to overcoddle children. And what what they think they're doing is helping and what they're doing is they're signaling to the kid, I don't think you're capable of doing shit without my help, which then renders that kid to not be confident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like this subject? No, we talked about this. I won't tell the whole story because it's kind of bad. But <laughs> but there's like a time in high school where I did something <laughs> and figured it out on my own, but I never told them because it was really of course. bad. And um, I told them recently, he was like, well, if I knew that, I would have trusted that you can handle yourself in situations more. Like I was out, <laughs> I was out doing things with happy. my friends. So and I was like, yeah, um, so sorry about that, but I wanted to go to the thing, the yeah, of next course, day, of course. So I wasn't course. gonna tell you. Um, but it's just like, a lot of times 
kids figure things out and it's the hardest balance because you sit there the and you want to give your kids more than you had and you have all this knowledge and you you want to protect them every 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 way and and it is it's detrimental and we've and i think that's why people are like oh the kids are so well grounded because as much as we did that we we did try to have them fall when they on their own oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah that was yeah. very important yeah, and for you, you even had like the double win of having an old, older sibling Absolutely. and getting, you know, Dixie was doing all sorts of dumb shit and you were like, I don't want to do that or I do want to do that. Literally. I took her along a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that was very, very helpful and made what I do now a lot easier, even from a young age. So I'm very appreciative of that. Well, gang, I continue to cheer for you guys. I really appreciate you coming through. I know you're busy on this tour, but I think for me, I, uh, I just really think we're in a very unique time in modern history where parenting and kid and parent dynamics, all these opportunities the internet brings, I actually think that you guys in a lot of ways are the preview, not the anomaly. I think we touched on it. It's micro. It won't be at the scale that you're at. However, when everyone's like, these well, these Gen Zs, they're entitled. I'm like, they understand their options. You guys know this intimately. The average 17-year-old understands that she or he can make 60,000 a year on YouTube and TikTok and flipping shit on, you know, on eBay and Postmark. Like, instead of getting a job they despise, that's not entitlement. That's called being fucking smart. Mm -hmm. And so, like, parenting and the way they view things. I think the college debt thing is a whole fucking to do. And like still staying parents and all this stuff. We touched on a lot of it here. I'd like to touch on it with you guys sometime in the future even more because I think, I believe personally that when it's all said and done, you'll build a CPG empire, you'll sell albums and like get stars in the hall and you'll, lots of cool things. But I think the biggest legacy you guys can leave is actually impacting this conversation because you're living it and you're going through it in a way that I admire because it's really fucking hard. And I think these stories that we touched on a little bit is something at some point, especially for mom and dad, that you need to really think about because people are struggling out there with this conversation and they're blaming things. They'd rather blame TikTok and the phone for their lack of strategic parenting. We lack accountability on this subject matter from the kids level and the parents level. And I think you four sit in a very unique place to make a massive impact on the world on this. And I will continue behind the scenes to encourage you to make content around this because you can really help people. It's awesome to do content that helps people escape. I really think entertainment's super important. Like watching someone dance, watching a Hulu show, like that 30 minutes, that five seconds, that's important. People have complicated lives. Escapism is powerful but thoughtful, real conversations about human dynamics, that's how you change the world in a positive way and I think you have a lot of credibility in this arena and are sitting with a lot of stuff in your head and your stomach that you haven't brought out yet and I, I hope to see you do that. Thank you. Thank you, man. See ya. <laughs>